Hello, I'm Hannah McInnes, and I had the pleasure of attending the Closters Forum in June to interview some of its participants for a podcast series to discuss the complex issue of plastic pollution. The Closters Forum brings together thought leaders and decision makers in the Swiss Alps to inspire discussions and cultivate collaborations in order to tackle some of the world's most pressing environmental challenges. Hi, here's Cyril. I'm the founder and actually CEO of Palais for the Oceans. Palais wants to be a new form of an environmental organization where it's not about promising that we solve problems for others and asking for money to do so. Um, we understand our role more as this entity, this network of individuals, of organizations that inspires and empowers people to become activists, to become activists for the oceans. You said this morning that you think recycling is just for now, but we should be looking for a world where plastic is a thing of history. You think that's realistic? I think everything we imagine can happen. That's the beauty of our human mind, and that's also the danger. And we got stuck with technologies. We got stuck with standards that originally need a redesign. And plastic is a symbol of that. Plastic was invented, was introduced, and is now something that we can't imagine to replace. The truth is, it's just a material. It's just a product of someone's imagination or invention. And I know for a fact that you can reinvent this material and you can make it a new standard and you can make it rather fast. It's just a question of you have the willingness to do so and the imagination to do so. So what kind of things are you doing at Palais on a day-to-day -day basis? Our role at Palais is to showcase that there are new solutions that can be quickly scaled up. And what we're doing is we're looking for potential champions in the private sector, but also um, in the public sector that are willing to take a strong stand, to take strong risks and become an example for others to follow. I believe that you can preach as much as you want and you can try to convince people with theories and concepts, but it's stronger to actually do things. And knowing that what you do is probably not perfect right away, that it needs pivoting, but the moment you put a product to the market, the moment you implement a solution, you actually learn and other people get inspired and encouraged and you attract people that are like-minded. And you also, of course, attract critics. But all that is a process. And I think at this point in time, we don't anymore have the choice of like dreaming of a utopian or a perfect world. We are running out of time. We have to test very quickly and we have to find solutions that we can, can make the new standards that we can scale up. When you say we're running out of time, you've talked about deadlines. What do you see as this deadline that we have to meet? Um, when we started Palais, we worked against a deadline. Uh, 2048 would be the year where all the big fisheries in the oceans would collapse. That was what a study of Ben Harper and Boris Worm indicated. Um, that was done in, I think, 2006. Um, in the meantime, we know that this can happen way faster. And it's not only the oceans, which is pretty much the biggest um, biosphere of planet Earth, but we, in general, are facing a very harsh deadline on this planet. And when you're believing what the United Nations tell you, if you believe um, what the Secretary General of the United Nations are, is communicating, then the ultimate deadline um, 
is 2030 pretty much. It's like the next 12 years will decide over the next 10,000 years to come. And in the last 50 years we destroyed pretty much everything. So 12 years is not a lot of time. We just spent seven years with Palais and what did we achieve? Plastic is still a standard technology. So it's all about now understanding and figuring out of how can we use the time that is left in the most efficient way. And I personally don't believe that we can create systems and closed loops and circle economies that harness toxic materials that keep them in a contained system. I don't believe in that. I believe that the material itself shouldn't be toxic. I believe that we are just using the wrong ingredients for our products, um, for our life on this planet. And I think that's something we can't afford anymore. We're taking too much life out of the oceans, out of nature. We are exploiting this planet too much on one side, and we are putting back too much toxic and harmful waste that is destroying on the other side. And that is an equation that will simply not allow us to be here anymore. You see all plastic as toxic, toxic to our bodies. Fossil fuel-based plastic that we're using today is toxic, is harmful. And yes, there is still a lot of work that needs to be done by science to prove that. But I personally see it that way. And I feel it that way. My instincts tell me that this is a very dangerous ingredient. I don't want to have that in my blood. I don't want to have it in my brain, even in small amounts. We will very soon have the scientific evidence to prove that. A lot of sicknesses, illnesses, uh, damages are coming from this, these kind of ingredients. And it's a material that stands for a very arrogant point of view where we feel we can better nature, we can improve nature as mankind. With these like few years that we already have on this planet, we try to kind of compete with millions of years of high-tech evolution and when you're looking at a tree, you're looking at a plant, you're looking at anything that surrounds us right here on the mountain, this is true high-tech. The planet is true high-tech. We are very clumsy as human, but we're so excited because we feel, oh, that's man-made, that's done by us. I think at this point in time, we need to take a deep breath and become more humble and, and understand that we have so much to learn. We have so much to learn from nature, and we should not... We should, give, we should really give up the arrogance and say... Why wouldn't we not use the best teacher, nature, this planet, to tell us and to show us how our innovation should be designed, how our technologies should be structured? Can you give me some concrete, specific examples of that? We don't need plastic. We don't need fossil fuel. We don't need bad chemicals if we have this inventory of resources in front of us. Every tree has the more complex technologies in it. Enzymes that do certain jobs, um, communication that is happening on a very fragile, very smart level. If we just unlock these abilities, these technologies, and pretty much use them instead of like creating all these super synthetic um, new ways of doing things, um, we're going to be way better off. And I think the idea of like having a toxic substance like plastic and being able to catch all these packaging or all these like ingredients, all these components, the moment we don't use them anymore, is illusionary. We are not able to do so. We failed the last 50 years. Why wouldn't we suddenly figure out a solution that works? And even countries like 
Germany that are, have been like world champions in recycling, even they have more plastic in their rivers than fish eggs. Even they send containers to developing states to burn the plastic in out of sight of their own um, citizens. I think we have to admit at this point that we, we, we created some serious design failures. And the moment you do that, you allow yourself and you allow everybody else to redesign. And that's what we have to do. But as admirable and brilliant as it sounds, it's a whole scale change of the way people think, of the way we've come to do things after years of this supposed progress. How? How do we do it? As a creator, you cannot accept standards. You cannot accept the status quo. You have to question everything. And I am a creator. I'm a designer. If I would only follow what people believe has to be the standard, if I only follow existing design concepts, I will not be able to create something new. Therefore, I have to question everything. And I have to question it from the core up. And it sounds radical, but it is not, because somebody invented these materials, these technologies in the first place. And there wasn't plastic before plastic, really. So somebody said, you know what, I want to create plastic. And that was an act of creation. There was, th there was a big idea, and there was a briefing that somebody followed to use a technology that has been used in another area to use a material that can last forever for a new generation of products. And now we know it doesn't work. Now we know the price is too high. And that means we have to go back to the drawing board and say, what actually is this new material? And people are doing it already. And you cannot accept that from the existing material vendors who invested billions of dollars into the, all this infrastructure. The change will come from totally unexpected new directions. Change is always coming from players that see an opportunity. T who? Where? Tell me some examples that you're excited about. I would love to compare this whole time that we're in with the digital revolution around 2000, when everything, what was communication and media, was suddenly under redesign, when we switched from analog to binary to s digital. And back then you saw new companies popping up. You saw new technologies coming. And there was a, a very fast <laughs> process of change when new standard technologies were presented. They faded away. It was a big exploration, more or less. Now we have technical standards. And that's not so long ago. Like we're talking 19 years, 20 years. And the same will happen to material. And this is what we're driving at Palais. We're driving the material revolution. And we believe that the consumer the moment they have options, they have alternatives, they will like pretty much not allow anymore that products are being made that harm them and that harm our environment. There will be a new expectation towards brands. There will be a new understanding of quality. And this is already happening. And at this point in time, you already see some new encouraging developments, technology, innovations, pretty much, that to show that it is possible. You see that Leather is being grown in labs without harming animals. We see uh, fibers made from seaweed. Um, we are seeing concrete grown by enzymes. We are seeing a total new generation of biofabricated materials that have often attributes that old traditional materials don't have. And we are seeing that with DNA research, we are able to sequence enzymes in plants that have amazing skills that can build things that are not harmful. 
that can color things, that can alter things, that can modify. I believe that we are looking at a total new material generation where these ingredients, these materials will have function that we are not even dreaming of today. I think we are at the edge of the biggest change and the biggest revolution in the industrial time of mankind. The shame or the sadness is that what should be natural is now less cost-efficient than plastics. How do we overcome that? I think cost-efficiency is looked at in a total wrong way. We're always comparing with what we know and we're always trying to stick within economic models we already established. The truth is, even if a raw material would be 10 times more expensive than the material we're using so far, it doesn't mean that this material is disqualified because it is just a question of how and where do you apply a new material innovation. And at the beginning of plastic, I bet it was the same thing. People wouldn't put right away plastic into every packaging. They would use it in more high-caliber applications. And the more a technology is scaled, is growing, the more the infrastructure costs, the innovation cost is wearing out, the cheaper the material gets. And that's the case with everything. You remember in the beginning when you looked at, at the internet, at using internet services. It was expensive. Now it's not anymore. And I think there is uh, something that you have always taken into co consideration when you're looking at innovation, that after introducing a new technology, after scaling a new technology, the price is going down. And in the beginning, the price is up. That means the application at the beginning will always be more premium. You're putting these materials, these new materials, into products that have a higher price point. And then more and more and more, when the price point is going down, it gets more accessible. And that's what we have proven with ocean plastic. We invented this material to show that you can actually find fiscally functioning models and you can actually have success, economic success, even if you're paying way more, even if you're putting an investment behind a material that otherwise looks not lucrative. Recycling doesn't make any economic sense. It costs a fortune. And our materials that we are often dragging from the end of the world to production sites cost up to 10 times more than virgin plastic. And still, Adidas is selling 11 million products this year, grossing more money than with any other partnership. Why? Because the consumer opts for it. The consumer says, you know what? There's a Palais logo on there that stands for something. At least they're trying. They're doing something. I want to support this. And you're going to see this happening across all other product categories as well. The consumer feels that there is something bad happening on this planet and the consumer wants to support anyone and everyone who is actually taking a stand. That means purpose is suddenly the new luxury. It's not anymore about, oh, how valuable is a material. It's about what does it stand for? What do I support by my purchase decision? How can we change that? We need to end on your optimistic note for the next year or so what's your idea about how you can change that in people's minds what you the fastest way to change is leading by example and that's what palais is doing that we are, we are looking for the few big corporations we're looking for the few countries we're looking for the few individuals that want to take the risk that say you know what i believe in this I want to drive this trend. I want to drive the material revolution. And I also know 
this is the economic model of tomorrow. I'm driving new economy here. And luckily, we have delivered a proof of concept so people know that our concepts, our models, our visions work out in a fiscal sense. So now we are announcing suddenly partnerships with countries. Uh, next week we are announcing a partnership with the Maldives where we declare the whole country as an eco-innovation lab, where we are pretty much putting the whole economic model of the country up for redesign. And if that works out, boom, other countries will follow. If it doesn't work out, we learned a lot. So there's not really anything to lose. That's so exciting. Will you come back and tell us how that one goes and then what country is next? If you guys invite me back, I'm going to be back. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for the oceans. <laughs>